Are you looking to give your immune system a boost? This is Dr. Ronald Hoppen with a natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals, liquid wild oil of oregano with rosemary extract and natural honey flavor. Future Farm's wild oil of oregano supports a variety of health benefits, including antimicrobial effects, as well as supporting the immune system. Plus, Future Farm is the first ever to formulate wild oil of oregano with rosemary. Rosemary aids circulation, helps alleviate muscle pain, improves memory, and also gives your immune system a boost. The natural honey flavor enhances the taste while still giving you all of the benefits. Future Farm sources this product from the Mediterranean and produces it in the United States. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Wild oil of oregano is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. MyFutureFarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to Intelligent Medicine. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla, wherein we answer your questions. Radio program at AOL.com is the destination for questions. We've got some great ones this week, and Layla's about to read us one. Yeah, we've got one from Sandra. Thanks so much for your great perspective, Dr. Hoffman, and very helpful <clears throat> newsletters and podcasts. Here's my question. I have very stubborn cholesterol levels that I've tried to manage with just about every natural me- uh, remedy, but they've had very little effect on lowering levels, particularly LDL. I'm taking a number of cardioprotective supplements, eating a vegan diet, and getting regular exercise. My blood pressure is good. The statins have caused unpleasant side effects. I'm taking Zedia which brought my levels down from 410 Hmm. to 343, and my cardiologist suggested Repatha. So, okay, so this person has a very, very aggressive form of high cholesterol. Yeah. Uh, You know, when cholesterol starts at 400 or 500, this is what's called heterozygous, I'm sorry, homozygous familial uh, Mm -hmm. hyperlipidemia, which means that you don't just have one gene. There are a lot of people have one gene and their cholesterol, you know, it's like maybe 300 or something. People have four, five, six hundred. They've got a double hit on the gene and they have wicked high cholesterol. It's relatively rare. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe, you know, 1% of the population. Uh, and it's not about diet. It's just they, they synthesize cholesterol at a very, very high rate. Well, Sandra has some concerns about biological drugs and would be interested in hearing your thoughts on genetically modified drugs in general, and specifically Repatha. Well, let's focus on Repatha. Yeah. It, what yeah. uh, that is, it's a new generation of cholesterol-lowering drugs for people who don't respond adequately to statins or can't take statins, mm-hmm. and they are called PCSK9 inhibitors. Oh, that again! Uh, I that call them pesky. Pesky, thing. right? Yeah, I, that's how you remember it. And so they are very powerful drugs that are injectable. There's a whole raft of them. Uh, Amgen makes uh, Repatha. And uh, it was approved, you know, only fairly recently, 2015, uh, as a adjunct to diet and other cholesterol-lowering therapies uh, who require additional lowering of LDL. And so uh, it dramatically lowers LDL. Uh, it can lower LDL wow. by 100 points. Uh, so, we saw that recently. Yeah, we saw so we had we had In one patient. patient with that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, mm-hmm. the problem is that it's not entirely it, it, for sure they lower LDL, which yeah. makes the cardiologist very happy. The question is, in various studies, they either only slightly 
uh, or not at all reduced mortality. Huh. So, you know, a drug, really, you take it so you're not going to die. And, right. you know, it's not enough to say it dramatically lowers LDL because we think, oh, well, that's good. But if the net result is that it doesn't make you live longer, then, you know, is it really worth it? The annual list price of Repatha is $14,100. Um, so, wow. Yeah. So, and you have to inject it. You can self inject. Uh, it's injected in the tummy, you know, like a diabetics inject insulin. Yes. You know, and with a pre measured thing. And uh, the question is, uh, you know, is it really worth it? And what you have to look at is you have to look at uh, is the cholesterol consequential for the patient? Uh, I would do an EBT heart scan and see if the person's accumulating a lot of plaque. They likely would because people with enormously high cholesterol often have plaque, but sometimes they don't. Yeah. So, you know, if they were rapidly developing plaque or if they had a heart attack or if they had a need, you know, like angina or something yeah. where they needed stents or bypass surgery, I'd say maybe it's justified. But, um, you know... It, we tend to fixedly look at cholesterol as the end-all and be-all of cardiac mm -hmm. risk. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is an example of playing cholesterol limbo. How low can you go? I mean, yeah. you can get cholesterol into the double digits. You can get cholesterol under 100. You can get LDL under 40 That's with scary. these drugs. What does that do to you long-term when cholesterol, we know, is important for other functions in the body? Give it's unclear. Dementia. Yeah. So, you know, I... It, it, but this is this is not a trivial use of it. I, I see all too often that cardiologists are and doctors are tempted to use these powerful drugs in people with ordinary cholesterol. Like, oh, you know, I'm not happy with your LDL. You know, you, you didn't. You only got your LDL down to 100, and, you know, 20. We want to yeah. get it down more, so we'll add, you know, Repatha. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe that's overkill. Yeah, yeah. But in a person who has an LDL of like 230 or something. That's just the LDL now. Just the LDL. Not the total yeah. cholesterol. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> well, that's really something. But wow. from my from my review of the science behind this, and these drugs had a hard time getting launched uh, because many of the studies showed equivocal benefits. How effective is Repatha in creating healthy endothelium? Well, that's... That's, that's the, the question, question, right? That is the, the sixty-four thousand dollars question. question. All right. And so, if you're going to use it, I would I would not abandon use of other things that are heart protective, like resveratrol and pycnogenol and mm -hmm. olive leaf and magnesium and fish oil. Sandra's on a vegan diet. <laughs> oh, okay. That's it's too many carbs. That's part of the problem. That could be could part, be of, part the of the problem. Yeah. Although you know, diet can't fix cholesterol in these types of people. That's true. But, Agree. Yes, yes. Yeah. But, you know, on the belief that any dietary cholesterol is the cause of the problem, she's making the cholesterol. She's synthesizing it. Yeah. Well, our livers make 80%. That's the problem. Yeah. And it's your liver, her liver is in overdrive making cholesterol and not I wish breaking they would it down. Look at, I wish they would look at, <clears throat> even genetically, not just biologically, but why... In this person's family or in this person's genetics, why they're making this much more cholesterol? You would think it would be for a reason. 
Oh, like a compensatory thing. Yeah. Well, what I'm seeing is, uh, for example, many of our MS patients, multiple sclerosis patients, yes. have very high cholesterol. <laughs> and I'm wondering if that's some sort of adaptation to protect the brain. Exactly. And it drives me a little bit up a wall, a lot up a wall, when I see an MS patient like I have recently who was put on Lipitor mm -hmm. because their cholesterol was too high. That cholesterol could be saving their myelin sheaths. Yeah, it could be spackle for their uh, myelin yeah. sheaths, you know, their nerve sheaths. Mm -hmm. So the Lipitor may be adding insult to injury, yeah. the autoimmune injury that is MS. So, yeah, but, you know, unfortunately, know. these are blockbuster drugs, and there's a really impetus, to, uh, strong impetus to lower cholesterol, and they fit the bill. They do lower cholesterol dramatically. Right. So they got approved and they're used. Yeah. Yeah. The specialists need to get together and talk to each other so that they could treat the patient more holistically, I think. I mean, that example of an MS patient being given a statin has to be ridiculous. Has to be ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Anyway, but I digress. Okay. Good point at which to pause after you've digressed. <laughs> <laughs> with further digression to uh, allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to share this vital message with you. This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Youthful Energy, providing you with a unique energy support of pure NT Factor. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor from Nutritional Therapeutics repairs damaged cells and restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years. With a 45-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158. 800-982-9158 or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. Uh, they make some very fine products of which we thoroughly approve and um, they're what make Intelligent Medicine a continuing free resource to you. So it's a win-win. Uh, you win, we win, and ultimately you win because you get to hear this podcast free of charge. Yay. Yay. And now back to our questions. Yes. What's next, Layla? This comes from Sue. In attempting to reduce inflammation, I would like to know which of these is preferable, curcumin or turmeric? <laughs> I guess I'm asking you to explain how they differ as supplements. Well, Sue, uh, curcumin is a constituent of turmeric, the spice, which is anti-inflammatory. You're talking about one and the same thing. Turmeric contains curcumin, and curcumin is the active right. substance yeah. that helps to reduce. It, uh, curcumin is sort of the, the unactive ingredient found within turmeric. Yeah, that's helpful in that regard. So if you're taking a curcumin supplement, that's fine, but also use turmeric, the spice, in your spice rack, in mm -hmm. your cooking, especially when you're making curries and things like that. Delicious. Okay. This is from Judy. I'm wondering if facial Botox or Dysport, Dysport, would interfere with warfarin. Hmm. Also, do you think I would bruise a lot from it, which is concerning since it's on my face? Yeah. I'm a 62-year-old female. Yeah. I, I looked it up. I, the I Dysport? Would, I would consult with a plastic surgeon. Exactly. I mean, with the... Uh, I mean, unfortunately, I I, some of the people yeah. administering Botox these days don't have a lot of credentials. They're like cosmet cosmeticians. They're anybody. You know. They and, could be your ophthalmologist. Well, ophthalmologists, you know, they, I think somebody has a medical license 
is going to be more attuned. That's true. That's true. You know, with but it's not necessarily liability their concerns and so on. Yeah. But what do they say? Uh, no, when I looked at drugs.com, yep. and by the way, Judy and everybody else, you could always go to drugs.com to see if there are interactions with anything that you're mm-hmm. taking. I did not see anything with disport. Contraindications? Well, contraindications mm-hmm. with warfarin. Warfarin is Coumadin. It's blood the blood thinner. thinner. Right. But I didn't see that Wouldn't it stand a reason that anytime you're about to receive an injection that you might get more bruising with warfarin? I mean, sure. bruising... I is not so. the worst thing in the world, but no. it's uh, unsightly. Yeah. And it, would it, uh, you know, you might get some feedback from, you know, hopefully a licensed health professional is administering it and or check with your doctor prescribed the Coumadin exactly. to see if it, when you're undergoing a this, this very mild facial, it's not facial plastic right. surgery, it's just a, a, face, a procedure yeah. that you should... So here's another example. Um, people get epidural injections and for pain in the, in the neck, in the spine. For and, childbirth? Yeah, but for childbirth too. But I'm thinking more like an uh, you know, older age population. Yes. Um, it's a real no-no to receive an epidural injection when you're on a blood thinner because huh. it can just you know, cause like bleeding into your spine or oh you know which can cause paralysis it's devastating yeah so normally when people get those injections they're told you know look uh, you don't have every minute of the day a risk of getting a, a stroke or a blood clot you can go off for 24 hours get the procedure and then resume taking it afterwards yeah uh, you know because it's that the event that the Coumadin is preventing is a statistical event that may occur, you know, once in every six months, and the Coumadin is preventing that. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, but other than that, yes, check with your plastic surgeon because mm-hmm. they're going to know. Yeah, they're going to know. Okay. Yeah, we Judy, might you know put that yeah. in a file because we we have some plastic surgeons and that we share an office with. We might just run that by them. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. As, we'll and do. we'll get a definitive answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Judy. All right. Uh, Dr. Hoffman, do you have any opinion about the information related to COVID-19 offered on the America's Frontline Doctors website? Mm-hmm. And in addition, do you have any opinion about the book, I Do Not Consent, My Fight Against Medical Cancel Culture by Dr. Simone Gold, who's not okay. just a doctor, but a lawyer? <laughs> that's good. That's fab- fabulous. That's kind of like being a, that's like being a hermaphrodite. You've got like, you, you know, you can practice medicine and you can defend yourself from malpractice oh, at the same time. You know, it's oh like, my. it's great. You didn't see where I was going with that, but no, you know, it's like okay. having, that was, that was bo- good. it's like you can go either way, you know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but also you got to become a nut for punishment to go through both trainings, right? Right. Well, I, yeah, I know, I, I know several MD, uh, JDs. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's an unusual breed of cat. Um, so, the uh, American Frontline Doctors tends to espouse a more extreme view of uh, just by, you know, everything on the, the related to, to COVID. Mm. Uh, that um, you know, they're. I, I don't want to. I don't want to paraphrase or oversimplify or or misinterpret their message, but they're they're against lockdowns. They're yeah. against the masking and the excessive social distancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are somewhat suspicious of 
I don't even know if they're against the vaccine. They may be okay with the vaccine, but they're certainly against mandatory vaccine. They were canceled vaccine. because of their, they were espousing uh, hydroxychloroquine. And the, I want to um, say back in the day, because that was even a long time well, ago see, now. To, see, yeah. what some of the things they're saying are a little bit uh, controversial, a lot controversial, but they should not be banned. They should they be part be of the dialogue. They Absolutely. should be part of the dialogue. Uh, you do and they, they're doctors. Yeah. They need to be in the conversation. Yeah, yeah. and you know, I, I have to say that uh, some of them are, you know, they, they have very uh, well-considered beliefs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're a voice to be heard on this. Absolutely. Are they unequivocally right about everything? Do I, am I aligned with them on everything? I'm sympathetic to some of the things they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would be too. Yeah. But, you know, ivermectin, uh, which is... There's still some plausibility to that working. It's a relatively inexpensive drug, hydroxychloroquine. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we need to think of our, out of the box in relationship to this, this yeah. pandemic. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, they did that press conference. Um, and, yeah, I guess the other thing is... And it was taken we're, down. We're, we're, I've seen some things that Simone Gold has done, and Simone Gold is a little bit too much into that there's this conspiracy to... Um, you know, with big pharma and with, uh, you know, the vaccine industry, yeah. that this is a manufactured crisis mm. to some extent. And, you know, something to be said for it because, you know, either like in the, a planned way or inadvertently, it's been a boon for the pharmaceutical industry. Totally. It's, it's been a boon for the vaccine industry because if these vaccines are successful, um, they can just roll out dozens of new vaccines and the public acceptance will be very high. Yes. And there, and before this, there was a lot of vaccine skepticism. And if this is this vindicates vaccines, there's a lot at stake economically for them. Right. Uh, right. So, you know, this is sort of like high tech medicine, pharmaceutical medicine, and vaccines on on trial in a real life situation. And if it turns out okay, it's going to restore public confidence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. I, I've, I've seen Simone Gold, and I think she's a little too strident about some of these things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I mean, look, frankly, there is, yeah. I mean, I don't believe in censorship, but there is a, a danger when social media amplifies the already pre-existing hesitancy that people have about taking vaccines when maybe this is, you yeah. know, a justified effort. Um, so should she be canceled? Should she be silenced? Um, no, she could be, I think she could be effectively rebutted on certain points. You know, it's like have an airing out. There should be an open debate. Yeah. I think that's all they're asking for is hear us out. You know, I don't cancel us. I mean, my earliest experience of this is that when I was about 18, I went to Europe, you know, with a backpack to hitchhike and I went to Hyde Park Mm -hmm. and Hyde Park has something called the speaker's corner. Mm-hmm. And in the, the British tradition of tolerance, they had the most wackadoodle people espousing the most crazy theory. There were like Nazis and there was, uh, My. you know, all kinds of like, you know, hate speech and stuff. And, and the audience would like heckle them mm. and laugh, but not, you know, throw things at them or hurt them, but just yeah. like, you know, yell at them and fight with them, you know. And it was like a sort of a, a gentle, you know, confrontation. And nobody threw a uh, Molotov cocktail. 
Exactly. And, and they and it was like let's let the pressure valve off. Let's right. you know these people can air it out. Mm-hmm. And, and some of them really absurd. Some of them probably psychos. Yeah. You know, and they would. But it was it was almost entertaining to see that dialogue. And yeah. I think that's free speech at its at its core. You know, is yeah. to have, you know, even unreasonable speech, even speech that verges on public harm, mm-hmm. because I'm hoping that people are sensible enough. Now, the problem is we have a speaker's corner that's amplified. You know, instead of having like, you know, 40, 50 people on a sidewalk, you know, in front of a speaker's podium, we've got like social media where somebody can say something that's untrue, completely wackadoodle and engendering fear. Yeah. And, and you know, millions of people can see it. Mm-hmm. instantaneously mm-hmm. and you know it's sometimes hard to put out the fire of, of yes uh, yes but you know we had the head of the CDC who just said impending doom I know so that's talk about completely inappropriate language so for, so I mean that's the is that the official view of, of, of health professionals or is that just to scare us into compliance like you know it's like it's it's like when you're a little kid it's like why can't I go out? So you could be kidnapped and raped. Oh yeah. You could say that to a kid. Yep. Is that good for the kid? No. It'll keep the kid inside, maybe. Mm-hmm. But is that good? No. Probably not. No. Right. No. But at least they won't be kidnapped and raped. <laughs> On the slight, ch- but they also may be. Com- they also may turn into a shut-in for the rest Absolutely. of their life. Absolutely. And you know. Absolutely. It, vulnerable minds. Sure. Sure. So, you know, yeah. we ha- I think we sometimes have official positions that are verge on the extreme, almost to the degree that the uh, kind of fringy wackadoodle opinions are, mm-hmm. you know, and, they, and, they're, and they're become main- they become the narrative. That's the narrative. It's, it's a- the narrative, exactly. And anything that's going against that narrative is still being censored. Yeah. Which well, is we, very disturbing. Yeah, we we circle back to this, but the, I think yeah. what uh, what I'm trying to do with this program and with my you know utterances is trying to air out opinions responsibly, um, yes. and not uh, engender fear and panic, but you know choice, yes. rationality, and uh, the best of science, but also innovative science, science that's not just you know we're science, Sci- science, sci- at not. Scientism, right? Science, not like an official party line yes. of something that mm-hmm. is a pronouncement from the officialdom. Because right. we know that pronouncements from officialdom, uh, although they seem very robust in their legitimacy, uh, have been wrong. You know, like pronouncements about diet. You know, we have mm-hmm. the Dietary Guidelines for America. Yeah. Well, that's been a catastrophe. It's been a catastrophe, but it's all been about follow the money. There's a difference between yeah. real science and policy. Right. So, you know, follow the money, big food, big agriculture, all of that was fed in, you know, the vegetable oil industry, the the fake sugar industry, the grains and so forth and so on, the cereal. Yeah. I mean, when I hear opinions, I always go, I fly the the Latin aphorism, qui bono, who benefits, you know, who's behind this? Why are they saying this? Is there an ulterior motive? Yeah. Is there you know some political consideration? Right. Is there some economic consideration? Yeah. Is there, is some powerful vested group going to uh, garner money from uh, forcing us all into compliance with something? Yes. You know, and the, the powers that be: the government, the pharmaceutical industry, mm-hmm. uh, the food industry, the you know the various 
people who are powerful within the economy. Yeah. You know, qui bono? Who benefits from some of their, some of the pronouncements and the narrative, you know, that we put out? Yeah. Well, we blew all the time that we <laughs> far reaching. We have a couple of things in the mailbag still. We have, we have still, yes. Okay. So, but don't despair because if you email us to radio program at AOL.com, share your opinions, share your questions. Yeah. Opinions are okay. Uh, mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a question, but, uh, questions are preferable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll answer them to the best of our ability. Radio program at AOL.com. Have a great week until we meet again. Oh, by the way, check out some of our really fabulous uh, podcasts. We have a very good one with uh, Dr. Leo Galland mm-hmm. uh, recently. And, uh, you know, I, I just wrote an article, which uh, hopefully if you're subscribed to our newsletter, you'll get. Mm-hmm. If not, check it out at drhoffman.com, which is like, should you take certain supplements when you're getting the vaccine? Lots of people yes. queuing up for vaccines. I think yeah. getting a lot of questions like that. Or should you stop taking certain supplements? Mm-hmm. And actually, I, part of my discussion with Dr. Gallon was about that. And I had actually written my article and submitted it before I spoke to him. I was glad he agreed with me because, oh, okay, I, you know, I would have been <laughs> embarrassing if he would have pulled a rug out from under me. And oh, so, but no. mostly the yeah. things that I said in the article, he's 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 totally on board with. Yeah. So great. great. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Dr. Hoffman. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.